Mediated Conversation on SAFM. 28 minutes now to nine. The time, time for your Mediated Conversation this morning. As you know, in the years since the start of the pandemic, there's been a huge increase in the amount of crime involving syndicates and networks that operate across our borders. This has also included a rise in the amount of criminal violence. But in particular now, there's also more evidence that more drugs are being transported across our borders. There also appears to be evidence of police successes. In just the last few weeks, police have found drugs worth more than 1 billion rand. In Durban, two batches of cocaine totaling around 150 million rand were found. 800 million rand's worth of drugs, including heroin and mandrax, have also been destroyed by police officers. And there have been other convictions of SARS officials and a flight attendant. So then, how big is the flow of drugs into and out of our country? How difficult is it to stop this? And what other social problems does this rise in drugs bring? Also, I suppose there are important conversations around who is leading these syndicates that are making money from this. Well, first this morning, you'll hear from Police Brigadier Atlenda Mate, the national spokesperson of the South African Police Service. Then Karen Dolly is a journalist at Daily Maverick and author of Clash of the Cartels, unmasking the global drug kingpin stalking South Africa. And then finally, the groups that do this, the violence that underpins them and what net, what strategies work to stop them. Jasmine Opperman is a private consultant who looks at extremism in Africa, but also looks at transnational trade. We start then with the national spokesperson for the SAPS, Brigadier Atlenda Mate. Brigadier Mate, good morning. A very good morning to you and to your listeners. Have you seen an increase in the amount of drugs coming into the country in the last few years? Well, absolutely. But um, the good thing is that uh, through information sharing and best practices um, with foreign law enforcement agencies, the SAPS has been able to establish a network of investigative and crime intelligence contacts that are utilized um, to uncover um, complex and sophisticated ways of trafficking um, uh, drugs. So in this way, we have been able to intercept the flow of drugs in the country, often disguised as other items. I mean, the two most recent drug busts, these um, drugs, uh, cocaine, were disguised as paint, and they were found also in meat boxes. So through this uh, collaboration and obviously our intelligence forces on the ground, we have been able to intercept these large quantities of drugs. I mean, just this past week, we are talking about 65 million worth of cocaine um, that was intercepted on a vessel that had just gotten into the country um, from Brazil. In the previous week as well, we had, um, uh, we intercepted uh, two um, consignments of, of, of cocaine, one at the vessel, and the one had already left uh, the vessel at the Durban Harbour, and it was already at the trade port. But through our intelligence, we have been able to intercept and obviously confiscate uh, these drugs. Is it just cocaine, or are you seeing other important drugs that people are transporting across our borders as well? Okay, so we have seen um, the flow of heroin as well, and that is why, as the SAPS, we have joined forces uh, with Mozambique, our Mozambican counterparts, and Tanzania uh, to form what we call the trilateral planning cell because we noticed that there was an influx of heroin through the southern route moving, and South Africa was utilized as a transit uh, a destination. Uh, we, 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 we saw this as being uh, 
one of the reasons behind it being that South Africa has the most favorable geographical location in terms of, you know, going into Europe and um, South America and so on, and also going into other African countries, but also because we've got highly developed infrastructure and our countries, uh, large ports, we have large ports of entries and harbors. So it South Africa has become an important transshipment area that is being targeted by international smugglers and cartel. So, but our recent drug busts are telling us that the plans, the multidisciplinary operations that we have put in place are working. They are yielding positive results because we are able to intercept these drugs and not only at the harbors on sunday we intercepted um uh, uh, it was daha with 400,000 rand we arrested a 60 year old um a woman at the or tambo airport so we are quite confident that the systems that we have put in place and the tightened security and the collaboration between various government uh, departments in south africa and international role players is really yielding positive results the people who run these operations, so if you're going to move stuff from, you know, stuff that if you get caught, there are consequences from Brazil to South Africa, uh, if you're going to use ship or a plane, it requires huge amounts of coordination. These are clearly very organized groups. Are they very big groups? Do we know much about them? Well, we have been able to identify, but so far it seems as though we are arresting the runners because it is like you you are indicating a big network. So you might find that the kingpins are not really directly involved. They've got different messengers. So we, we have noticed that in most cases, who we are arresting is the runners that are transporting these drugs and and, and so on. So through our high-density operations, just from April uh, this year alone, we have arrested more than 7,580 people that were dealing in drugs. We call them what drug dealers per se. Um, So we've managed to arrest those, but we are continuing with investigations to come to get to the ringleaders so that we can dislodge and dismantle. But we are quite pleased that in arresting the runners, it does indicate that we are making inroads to finally getting the ringleaders behind the the trafficking of drugs across the world. So we are um, in, in, in engagements and we are conducting joint law enforcement Enforcement operations with various other countries and also um, other countries in SADC uh, within the region are getting involved. We also partnering with Zimbabwe, Malawi and so on uh, to assist us in this fight against crime. We've also partnered obviously um, with um, countries like Brazil as well to share information and best practices on how best we can detect these drugs. Um, preventing drugs from being smuggled into the country, we know that our borders are porous. Uh, we know that that's very difficult. Um, you can't search every passenger coming through OR Tumbo. You can't search every container coming through uh, uh, Durban. Uh, all of that's very difficult to do. And I'm intrigued in some of the busts that you make. I don't know where the information comes from, and Brigadier, you can't tell me that. Um, but it is <laughs> it is interesting that you are able to make these big busts, and yet there must be other drugs that are still getting through. Um, we are working 
you know, on, on, on that, um, I can assure you that there are increased operational intelligence-led operations at the ports of entries and routes leading from these ports of entry to address the flow of drugs. And this is evident from the seizures affected. So, and I think the latest seizures are a clear indication that um, the SAPS is committed to the fight against drug trafficking. And we are hard at work in identifying also the emerging routes and the, the new modus operandi that is used to uh, transport drugs um, throughout the country. But it also then talks to clear demonstration that all stakeholders involved in border security are working together to tighten the control measures of cargo entering and departing uh, our country. What is important is to neutralize these criminal syndicates operating in the supply and demand countries. Brigadier, thank you very much indeed. Really do appreciate the time. Brigadier Atlenda Mate is the national spokesperson for the South African Police Service. You with SAFM, your mediated conversation continues this morning about the flow of drugs through our borders. Karen Dolly is the author of the book Clash of the Cartels, Unmasking the Global Drug Ping- Kingpins Stalking South Africa. Karen, good morning. Thank you for your time. Good morning. What kind of drugs are involved in this trade? I presume we're talking about people that are well-organized and very well-resourced. Well, we're talking about people who are well-organized, well-resourced, and well-connected to corrupt officials across the world. So when we're looking at this, it's not necessarily a South African problem. Um, It's really good that police are making arrests. And if you look, if you try and trace back where the drugs are coming from, you'll see those countries making arrests as well. So it's really an interconnected knot of crimes and with super well-resourced people. And as Brigadier Martyrs said, um, the South African police do seem to be arresting the runners, and the kingpins aren't necessarily based in South Africa. So it really does, um, these types of crimes rely on international police cooperation. It's also, I imagine in all cases, I mean, we've all seen the Hollywood movies, it's always difficult to get to the kingpins, isn't it? It doesn't matter, you know, what happens. The way that the trade is run makes it difficult to actually do that. Absolutely. But there are some cases where the kingpins have actually been arrested. There are some cases where the kingpins have been convicted. And in this coming Saturday's edition of DM168, if your listeners would please take a look, we will refer to a case where a kingpin has been detained. So it it does feel here, and I mean, without knowing what the total scope and scale of this problem is, we can't really say, ah, we sort of have a grip on this, but there are cases where kingpins have been arrested and detained. And especially with South Africa, you'll see the U.S. specifically has made arrests of drug kingpins who operated in South Africa, but who were arrested once they were out the country and then taken to the U.S. and sort of went to trial and convicted. Why South Africa didn't do that in those specific cases, it isn't clear. Are there certain groups that are bringing in these big shipments? I mean, are there particular groups who are coming from particular countries, perhaps? Well, there's so many. So if you look at cash and cartels, you can really... You can each chapter goes into various groups. And I think what, what I'll do is focus on Brazil here because of the two recent interceptions that involved cocaine coming from Brazil landing in South Africa. You'll see that some of literally some of the world's biggest, most I don't like using the word powerful and attributing power to these groups, but perhaps some of the world's most vicious gang conglomerates are operating via South Africa. And in Brazil there's a grouping called Primera Commando de Capital 
otherwise known as First Capital Command. And I think in 2021, one of the alleged leaders was actually in South Africa before being arrested in Mozambique. And there is evidence to suggest that these cartels with firm grips on ports, especially in Brazil, are operating by way of South Africa. Sure. Um, do we know, I mean, we talk about heroin and cocaine. Is it just those drugs? Are those the sort of, you know, uh, the drugs that make the most money? Or are there other drugs that people are trying to move around through South Africa as well? But I suppose when it comes to money, nothing really beats heroin. Um. Yeah, and I think, and that's exactly it. Whatever will bring in money will be we will be an illegal means to transport and export and import it. So we've even seen a case where um, a wad of fentanyl was exported from South Africa to the U.S. And that's not really something I've picked up on in South Africa, but this is happening. And I think in Nigeria recently, there was a case where an individual was arrested with cocaine and laughing gas that was being smuggled between the two countries. So, I mean... Yeah, whatever brings in the money, there will be an illegal avenue to smuggle it. Do we know why there's been what seems to me at least to be a big increase in this kind of activity since the pandemic? I mean, the level of crime related to drugs seems to have gone up uh, so strongly and seems to perhaps be driving some of the violence we see between different gangs in the Western Cape. Well, absolutely. Like, I I always make the point that what we see in the Western Cape is more than likely a flashpoint of global crime. Um, Yeah, and... What we could be seeing is that traffickers are just trying to make back what they lost out on, bearing in mind that during COVID they did come, they came up with different ways to um, transport, smuggle drugs, etc. They moved online specifically. The drug smuggling was still happening, or drug trafficking was still happening. The spike in it at the moment, um, I'm not sure what that can be attributed to, but at the same time, we we assume we're seeing a spike because we're seeing an increase in interceptions of the drugs. That doesn't necessarily mean there are more drugs. But I do think that South Africa is increasingly being used as a conduit for traffickers. There seems to be, um, you, you speak about uh, the sort of violence in the Western Cape as a flashpoint in the international drugs trade, which implies that there's more competition at the moment. And I was intrigued, I think, in one of the recent cases, one of the busts, in fact, there'd been a sort of, you know, an anonymous tip um, to authorities. An anonymous tip, you know, to me could mean all sorts of things, but it could also mean that a sort of, you know, rival drugs gang, um, you know, gave the anonymous tip. Uh, why would there suddenly be a bigger fight for competition? I mean, this is clearly driv- being driven in some way by market forces. And you might find, I mean, you tell me, Karen, I'm not the expert on this at all, but it would seem to me that the people who are fighting on the streets for control of a drugs trade are actually all being supplied, perhaps, by the same group of people or small group of people in the end. Absolutely. I mean, if you look at some international police reports, you'll see that they say the drug trade is actually controlled by a small group of people, the international drug trade. But the trickle-down effect is absolutely massive. And trying to pinpoint what exactly is driving what is exceptionally difficult because there are assassinations, there are arrests, there are interceptions, and all these things change um, power or yeah, clout or influence. So it's really difficult to pinpoint what's driving what and who's fighting who for what. But it's really 
heartening to see arrests being made. And what you mentioned earlier about a tip-off or um, yeah, someone leaking information, I just want to refer back to 2021 where there was a major FBI-driven operation where the FBI actually had a stunt company that criminals were using and they weren't aware that the FBI was monitoring their communications. And that resulted in, I would say, a data leak of sorts of extreme extent, and some of that information still could be used to intercept drugs now. And Karen, the amount of money, do you have any idea of what the total amounts of money involved in this would be? I mean, it is clearly billions of dollars, right? I mean, that's how big the global drug trade is. A, a fair portion of that seems to be coming through South Africa, or a significant portion, I should say. I would say a significant portion, absolutely. I mean, I know that um, Brigadier Mata in a statement recently said that in the 2022-2023 financial year, 2 billion rands worth of drugs was destroyed by SAPs. And that's only the drugs that were intercepted and had gone through court cases. So the total amount is probably so big I wouldn't be able to pronounce the number of zeros in it. Karen Karen, uh, Dolly, thank you very much indeed, author of the book Clash of the Cartels, Unmasking the Global Drug Kingpin Stalking. South Africa really do appreciate the time. Well, interesting to see uh, where all of this goes and how it moves. Well, in a moment, we'll speak to Jasmine Opperman, a consultant in extremism in Africa, someone who has vast experience in dealing with organizations that move across different borders. Your mediated conversation will continue here on SFM. It's 11 minutes to nine. Mediated Conversation on SAFM. Continue your Mediated Conversation this morning, eight minutes now to nine the time. The flow of drugs through our borders. Jasmine Opperman is an expert and a private consultant on extremism in Africa, also looks at security issues. Jasmine, good morning. Thank you for your time. Good morning, Stephen, and morning to your listeners. These groups are international, transnational. They use violence. They have weapons. They're selling drugs that are very dangerous. How big is the threat they pose to our society? Uh, immense. I think, uh, Stephen, if I can make a few comments um, to add to the previous speakers, when we start talking these type of syndicates, we are talking what I refer to as criminal governance. They becoming a shadow state. They hybrid in nature. That is to say, the the income generation is not generally confined, for instance, only to drugs. Where you have drugs, you usually see turf wars for residential control. So we have a geographic element here in which they setting the standard by means of violence and extortion. And therefore, they eat away at the sovereignty of South Africa. So the the complicated nature also in terms of the kingpins is removing a kingpin is generally replaced because you find at that level very close family associations uh, usually at play and also very close um, uh, friendship um, uh, allegiances at play. So to fight organized crime from a law and order perspective is essential, but it will never help us to win this fight against organized crime, Stephen. We need to ask ourselves, how resilient is our civil society against organized crime? And sadly, I have to mention here, if I look at how whistleblowers are being treated, if I look at people being assassinated and cases never come even to a court or never get resolved by those investigating 
My concern is that the vacuum is ever increasing. The vacuum is being filled by people with skills and sophistication, like the dark web, as an example, that far outweighs the capacity we currently have. So then, uh, where do we start in response to this? Um, uh, intercepting communications, if possible, is great but hard to do. And I suppose uh, so often it does start with uh, tighter controls at the borders. Again, not entirely possible, but that's where it starts. You've got to make it harder to get drugs into South Africa. And herein lies the problem, Stephen. If one looks at the collusion by um, at border posts, if one looks at the collusion um, at various sectors, for instance, I want to bring in another player here, the construction mafia, yeah, also linked to organized crime. Um, we are sitting with a problem in that the people that are supposed to take lead and building our resilience is actually defeating the end of justice. The trust of people in the police is at an all-time low. Uh, in, they're not even reporting crime, as they should do. So if we talk about a system of governance, we need a far more holistic approach. But the political will to deal with senior and lower officials involved in these activities has to be shown by our senior officials. Remember, the more organized these groups are, the more the likelihood of high-level collaboration um, with some of these syndicates. And yeah, I want to bring in terror financing as a serious concern. And if we cannot deal with that and start at that point, then we're going to see what is happening. Let me give an example. In communities, when they see someone stealing, we see street justice. That person is either killed or beaten up. Now, I'm not justifying street justice. Don't get me wrong, Stephen. Don't get me wrong. But it tells me two things. One, communities will not accept crime. Two, it tells me that they will deal with it themselves because our prosecution processes simply is being questioned in terms of its credibility. It boils back to the issue of governance at various spheres. If you had a business, Stephen, and a criminal gang rules that area and tells you, you will pay me X amount and you can run your business smoothly, what will you do? Go to the police or pay? And herein lies the problem. Our resilience to these activities are declining. Within all of this, there are other issues. I mean, we can talk about protecting borders. The other thing that we have is a big rise in illegal guns, and that's what sort of allows the violence to happen as well. Um, and if we were to stop that, for example, would that make a big difference? I mean, literally remove all of these illegal guns from the streets? Um, it will make it more difficult, most definitely, because uh, they need guns to, to maintain their presence and to maintain their control and to maintain their networks. Um, will it stop it? No, because they will find other means. Because if we talk illegal guns, we're not only talking about illegal guns available in South Africa, but in the region as a whole. So your regional strategy there 
is it will have to come into play and there again we're sitting with a problem of collaboration uh, of uh, making huge amounts of profits out of the arms industry the, the solution cannot be as simple as removing weapons that is not that is the manifestation of a deeper lying problem a, a level of violence in south africa that is being exploited by these syndicates why do we have this high level of violence what is wrong in terms of our ability to bring our level of violence down and if we can't even do that with your petty crimes we're never gonna do that when it comes to organized crime syndicates running the areas they control like a government without accountability. Desmond Opperman, thank you very much indeed. Private consultant in extremism in Africa, as you can hear, an expert on transnational crime as well. My thanks also to Karen Dolly, author of Clash of the Cartels, Unmasking the Global Drug Kingpin, Stalking South Africa, and starting us off today. The national spokesperson for the South African Police Service, Brigadier Atlenda Marte. Well, an important conversation. Uh, I'm sure that uh, there are people in your community whom the drugs trade has had a big impact on in one way or another. It's very interested in the comment that what we're seeing in the Western Cape is a sort of flashpoint for the international drugs trade.